Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And this anniversary episode of It Takes Two, we watched It Takes Two and The Parent Trap. Yes. Um, this is where our name comes from because this is one of the many episodes that we had planned before we came up with a name for our podcast. But uh, it's fitting to be especially confusing to everyone on the anniversary of our first episode. So uh, thank you for listening to us for one year so far. And many more to come. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, is there a reason we would stop doing it? Uh, no, not that I can think of right now. Yeah. All right. Um, so I don't know. Where do we want to jump in? Where do you want to jump in? Um, well, we'll give a general overview. So these are two movies about identical children meeting at a summer camp and then trying to get their parental figures together, like trying to set them up in a romantic situation. In one of these movies, The Parent Trap, so we're doing the, just to clarify, we're doing the 1998 Parent Trap starring Lindsay Lohan. Um, and Lindsay Lohan. And Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Um, so in, not the, the 60s version. So in Parent Trap, the parent, they are actual twins who've been separated at birth and yeah. the parents were previously in a relationship but haven't seen each other in 12 years or whatever in uh it takes two they're just strangers who happen to be identical played yeah. by mary kate and ashley olsen yeah it's just a glitch in the matrix it's just a glitch in the matrix and it's uh setting up one of them her father is a widower and the other one um is an orphan but is largely being raised by uh, a woman in the orphanage who um, wants to adopt her but can't on her salary. Kirsty Alley. Yes. And Steve Gutenberg. Yes. Um, it's funny because it's just, it's in, in starring it just says Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, they're one person. Yeah, I only got one paycheck. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I don't think think I maybe I'd watched It Takes Two before. Um, like I said to Lisa when we were discussing it, this was not a movie that would have appealed to me in 98. And, um, well, It Takes Two was 95. It's the yeah. Mary Kate and Ashley one. Yeah. So I hadn't seen that one before. Okay, so we're the opposite. But I'd seen The Parent Trap, the 98 film. Yeah, not the 61 film. No. no. Well, I think I have seen the 61 film. But, oh, okay. But only because like it was on TV at some point. I probably had already seen the 98 one at that point. Fair enough. But, I mean, I was seven years old when The Parent Trap came out, the 98 version. Yeah. So, I was a little bit more in the, uh, and also a girl. Yeah. I was a little bit more in the target demographic for that than you were. Yeah, because I think The Matrix came out in... 99. Yeah, 99, and that was, like, super, super in my jam. So, I guess this movie would have gone under the radar for me in 98. Um... There's a lot of questions that we I'm going to ask you rhetorically. Okay. Um, both the audience and yourself, Lisa. In regards to it takes two, um, being that, yes, I can understand the concept of, you know, uh, a marriage where they've had two kids and they, you know, how are they going to do it? One person lives in America, one lives in... Is this parent trap? Like parent trap, yeah, yeah. You said it takes two. No, I'm getting to it. Um, you know, I can understand splitting the girls up and not telling them and stuff. Like, it's shitty parenting, but yeah. I can understand it. It's a really weird scenario. Yeah. 
but then you know the the mother um which i cannot remember the name of because they all had really um normal names um her actual name or her are you, in, are you talking parent trap it takes two and the mother's real name or the mother's the actress's name uh natasha so, richardson playing elizabeth james yeah really? yeah so um i don't know where i was going you just completely confused me now Uh, she's a wedding dress designer and she lives in England Mm -hmm. and that's where um, one of the girls I cannot Annie Annie, it was Annie 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 is like super posh and British-y and then you get um, super posh and British-y Hayley who's like rough and tumble like because Dennis Quaid owns a winery and they live in California on a winery and he's all about horse riding and stuff. And camping. And camping yeah. and outdoorsy. The thing is, both parents are clearly quite wealthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're both well off. But so neither of the kids are, so like obviously in It Takes Two you get the, it's it's a prince and a pauper story. Yeah. Essentially that it's one of them is a rich kid and the other one's an orphanage who lives on, who, you know, is has a pretty relatively shitty life and is you know in you know run down clothes and whatever playing ball on the streets yeah um just whereas typical new and she's very new york when she's it comes very to, new york yeah i don't know where the accents in it takes just, two uh, are no. <laughs> they're they're wonderful and the kids keep forgetting they're supposed to have put them on yeah um, so they keep slipping out of them and there's like scenes where they go for ages without the accents and then they're like oh shit i'm supposed to have an accent and <laughs> put it back on the the point I was trying to make uh, is I can understand how they're so similar, being that they're actually supposed to be twins. Yep. But in it takes two, like there's no explanation yep. of how they're like, literally identical twins. Yeah. Except they're supposed to be completely unrelated. Yeah. Um. There's oh this. And they did um it this. It Takes Two wasn't pitched as a as a Mary-Kate and Ashley film. Because there was a lot of Mary-Kate and Ashley films around that time that was yeah, like, specifically was... written for them. Yeah. Uh, the original goal for this film was to have one actress playing both roles. Yeah. And then they ended up casting twins. But, um, you know, it makes even less sense. If it's one actress playing both roles, how are they, like, 100% identical and yet not related? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... the. I think the standout part, because before, um, I can't even remember the names. Oh my god, I'm trying to remember four names of two people. Um, Are you talking about Alyssa and Amanda? No. Uh, Hallie and Annie. Uh, Kate and Ashley. Whatever. What the New York Olsen. Amanda. Okay. Mary Kate. Um, what's funny is I knew. Obviously, I absorbed enough Mary Kate and Ashley stuff as a child that I knew which one was which as soon as we started watching them. Because in how? Because in every piece of media they do, Mary Kate is the tomboy who likes sports, and Ashley is the like girly one. So in this one, they have Mary Kate playing Amanda, the New York orphan who's out playing ball with the boys, and it and they have Ashley playing the you know little princess pianist um rich girl in dresses and stuff so literally for the beginning of it i couldn't remember their character names but i was like oh yeah this one's mary kate and that one's actually but it's just like in my brain somewhere that mary kate is the tomboy one in, okay. in all of their media 
What I want to cover mm-hmm. is before they go on the camp to Camp Carolaway, which is the name of um, Ashley's character because she's the rich one. Yeah, so she's Alyssa Calloway. She they set up a adoption for her from the orphanage mm-hmm. to a family called well, the Butt Kisses. The yeah, the Butt Kisses. Now, um, I did Google it. And there is not a lot of laws regarding adoption of that kind of level. You just sort of have to pass, like, criminal background checks. Right. Um, You can be on welfare and adopt a child. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Kirstie Alley's whole thing about her not having enough money to adopt is a weird plot hole because, according to New York State law and adoption... It's probably a single person thing. It's probably like similar to what you experienced with oh, mortgages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like as a single person on a single income applying for mortgages, they're less likely to consider you. Okay. So her applying as a single person on a low income, they probably would be more likely to go, well, these people have a, have two incomes and are, a, you know, a family unit and have all their children. They definitely have an income. They um, certainly have an income. Because the, um, the notes that I put down for that, literally, this is the third line. So the first line is Ruffle Tumble City Kid versus Rich Kid with Silver Spoon, mm-hmm. right? The third line is Child Murderers. <laughs> because they collect children. Because they collect children, they they collect children yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, if you want to go through. Um, majority of the stories about orphans and foster care, yeah, it's not, it's not very. Uh, mm. There's a there's a history of abuse in yeah. a lot of cases. Absolutely. Um, one of our favorite movies, uh, Housebound. Oh yeah, yeah. Is is regarding that you know ch- child's home and um, assault and you know yeah you know gross stuff. Um, I mean, even um, another Kiwi from Hunt for the Wilder People touches on it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a really hard line. And it's one of the things that is always brought up with uh, encountering people who are very stance on pro-life. Because then people then interview them and say, well, how many children have you adopted? And they're like, none. Yeah. It's like, well, then why are you saying adoption is the option if a person is not in a um, state to bear their own child? And it's like, yeah. well, if you're there making trying to get politicians to overthrow, like, literal laws, yeah. but you're not walking that walk, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. put your money where your mouth is, folks. And there, there does tend to be... And I don't, you know, I think to some extent we get to see it, we see this stereotyped in films and TV, but it also it is a real problem. Um, for fostering, a lot of the time, um, you know, there is mon- like monetary incentives, like financial oh, yeah. incentives yeah, for yeah, fostering. Yeah. So there are there are always when there's financial incentives like that, there's always going to be, and it's probably a minority, but there will be people, people that abuse it, that, who abuse it so that they can get. 
the money. Yeah. There's literally an episode of Futurama where Bender does it. Mm. And Bender adopts like every single child in the orphanage yeah, and yeah, he's doing the maths of it and he's like, this is actually costing me money. Like, <laughs> and then he's trying to sell, what was it? He gets arrested for uh, abuse of children, um, trying to sell children as livestock and then misinterpreting the weight of livestock. Because <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, how much meat? Oh, hang on. And one of them picks up one of the kids and he's like, oh, about 30 pounds, you know. <laughs> Um, classic Futurama, classic horrible thing that would if that was in real life that would like and not yeah. an animated comedy it would be. But that's what, I mean, they they are drawing attention to yeah a real problem, but obviously over exaggerating it. Yeah, you know. I don't want to jump too far forward. I will get back to this point um, in a moment, but yeah, just it, it takes to in general just had way more concerning unanswered questions than Parent Trap. Right. Um, the title of Parent Trap is a bit misleading as well because there is a movie that I remembered that was in my mind um, where they lock the kids lock the parents in the basement. Okay. And I think it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it and it's going to drive me nuts. Um, you talk while I Google. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what are you on the spot there? <laughs> I mean, the parent trap is, you know, they're, it's, the, you know, they bring it up towards the end of them. They're, they, they're tricking their parents into, um, spending, you know, seeing each other again and, um, actually. House arrest. Okay. I don't know that one. 96. Okay. Similar era. Yeah. Do you want to compare it to the parent trap? <laughs> um, no, because I literally trapped it. This is the, 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 <laughs> my point that I'm trying to get across is in house arrest, they literally trapped their parents. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, this, that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, it should be parent trick. Yeah. But, but it's interesting because in both films, um, the original plan of switching places is not to do with getting their parents together. And then it's that becomes a plot later on that they go, oh, hang on, we can do this. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a very, like, monkey's paw careful what you wish for it's the single party guy accident you know switching bodies with the with the the dad with the family and then the dad with the family going and living the single life and it's the same with like freaky friday another lindsay lohan film yeah weird. just my look another lindsay lohan film where she body swaps yeah she's <laughs> a lot of body swapping going on lindsay lohan is in a lot of body swap movies <laughs> there's some points in um so in in uh parent trap where they meet up at camp, the fencing scene was bananas yeah. to me. Yeah. Because... It was like parkour fencing. Um, I, um, years ago, when I was visiting friends of the family that had little kids, especially boys, who mm-hmm. were really into Star Wars, and they had those um, polycarbonates, lightsabers. Um, kids... Don't, they're not as, fencing is not a sport that you'd see a small child being that proficient in where they could yeah. do like forward flips off like bel- like banisters and stuff. It was very um, Mustafa, Anakin versus um, Obi-Wan kind of level of like sword fighting. Yeah, technique. and I get it that like they're trying to show off 
Or, you know, I would get it if, if they were trying to show off that the posh kid, which they kind of do in the end, that the posh British kid has learned fencing because that's the sport that the posh British kid is allowed to do. Yeah. But the fact that they're, you know, the one that's painted like the rough and tumble American kid who goes camping and stuff, that she's also an expert fencer, I was like, why would she be learning fencing? Yeah. It doesn't add up in my mind that that Al- would be a sport she would learn. Also, why is this one of their activities at camp? Like, that oh, seems really, like... Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Like, I went to several camps when I was a kid, and trust me, there was, like, archery on one day, and, like, golf... Uh, not golf karting. Go-karting mm. um, on another day, and, like, kayaking and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of adventure camp things that I did, and, but like, we only did, like, two-day things or three-day things, but it would be archery and kayaking yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because archery, unless you point an arrow into the crown of other people, oh, like... Jesus. You know, That'd be bad. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, that's the level of danger. Mm. Like, even with a foil, which is the, the sword type that you use in fencing, yeah. even though they're blunted... Well, they had little tips on the end of the yeah, ones yeah. Yeah, that's standard in, in, in fencing. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, that's pretty extreme to be having kids who apparently are, like... Also, they had, like... Savant at friggin' sword yeah, fighting. Yeah, they had full, like, fencing gear, gear but yeah. did they have to have those in, like, every possible size for all the kids? That's a good point. Because they don't yeah, because they're custom built. Like you, have yeah. to, if you join fencing classes, you have to buy your own, and they're not cheap. Yeah, but what got me? Wow. About, what got me about that whole scene what is that weird. like the the teacher who like calls the two of them to do it knows both of them by name, so she knows who they both are. She's seen them both before, and then they have like the whole scene, and then they like realize they take off their masks and realize that they're identical, and no one else reacts, and then it's only after they point it out people go. Oh my god! And it's like, how did no? It's literally the same. Yeah, because there's there's literally a joke where the older camp mother lady mistakens both of them because she's like has a conversation with one and then continues it on with the other, and the other one's like, "What are you talking about? I don't understand." Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's there's weirdness in both these movies, Uh, (laughs) but like. I think I've gotten too far deep in detail and, like, completely missed... Like, they're supposed to be, like, fun, like, oh, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I tell you one thing, from mm-hmm. a, an effects point of view... Yeah. Like, I don't know what the budget, because it doesn't oh, for, tell um, me... Oh, for trap. Oh, okay, it is... Wow, it made a lot of money. Yeah, um, trap budget was $15 million. Budget. And a lot of it went into doubling doubling Lindsay Lohan yeah. because holy crap, there are some of those scenes in it where there are like it's, when you get lower budget stuff. Um, I'm I'm thinking uh, Neil Breen esque movies. Oh my here. god! Oh no! Like the <laughs> comping of putting an identical person into yeah. the same scene, and because when you're putting a, a, a animated plate which is when you cut somebody out and stick them, you know, you film somebody on a green screen or a blue screen and you cut them out and stick them in the same scene with them originally acting. Like, if you don't do it properly and you don't layer it up, um, I'm not an expert on, on, on I just watch uh, Corridor Crew a lot. <laughs> um, if you don't do the plate layering properly, the, the person you're adding into the scene is very 2D. 
Mm. And you can see that in the and it's it's interesting because I think the way they would have done it um, for this and some of the sequences would have had to have been getting an extra in who looked like Lindsay Lohan, um, yeah, was, filming her from the finding her name Erin Mackey. I just want to give a shout out to her because she was the acting double for Hallie and Annie. Yeah. Um, Obviously, uncredited, underappreciated. <laughs> so I just thought I'd find her name while you were saying that. Because there's a lot of sequences in there where they're like looking at each other, and it looks really well done. Yeah. Like better than movies I've seen recently. Yeah. Um, and she was a good actress as well. Like that's her first film. Is it? Yeah, it said at the beginning, introducing Lindsay Lohan. It's Weird. her first feature film. Um. Was she in anything before that? She was in a short film, I think, oh, and that's okay. it. But literally, that's this is it. This is her like you know feature film debut, um, and she is good. Like there's, I mentioned the accents and it takes two that the kids literally forgot that they're putting on accents. They put on shitty accents to begin with. So like uh, Mary Kate has got this real fake New York accent, and Ashley is like doing like a half British accent, which makes no sense because they are both American in this movie. Um, and then they both keep slipping back to their normal accent and mixing it up. Um, and when they switch to each other, they don't put on the fake accents. So it makes no sense. Whereas in Parent Trap, obviously one of them is Lindsay Lohan's normal accent and the other one is her doing a British accent. It sounds believably British. Yeah. Um, but not only that, she has... When she's playing the British character putting on an American accent... She slips into the British every now and then. Yeah. And that's her intentionally slipping from her normal accent into this character's real accent. Um, which I thought was fantastic because, I mean, that's a level of, you know, she's really thinking about, yeah. I am the British character now and I'm the British character putting on an American accent and every now and then she will mess, mess up. And there's obviously, you know, some real thought that went into that. And with the writing as well, because some of her lines are, as the American version, so she says something very British and then the other way around. And yeah. It's, um, you yeah, know, it's far more attention to detail. Yes. Than it takes two. It takes two is a fun film. But, um... If you say so. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, again, like, switching places is a trope. Mm-hmm. And regardless of, you know, you're using a CGI double or a, or a comp double or, or, you know, using, were they America's sweethearts at the time? Mary Kate and Ashley? Like, because uh, the only thing that I remember Mary Kate and Ashley in that I actually watched continuously was Full House, like the original Full House. Right. And obviously being that they were twins, that they just played one character and they switched out depending on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because they were babies and, like, most of the time that's what you do in Hollywood and obviously, you know, there was an empire that started from them. Yeah. I had a friend who had every Mary-Kate and Ashley film on VHS. Everyone. Every single one. She had this one. She had, there was, like, one, some New New York something. I don't know. I don't remember them all. There's, There's a lot of them. But she had them all. But, um, I actually watched a Drew Gooden video recently about Mary-Kate and Ashley, and it was really interesting to watch because they had, like, a fan club that, like, they, you know, every month people would get stuff, but they would do, like, 
giveaways that were like come on a cruise with the Olsen twins and these were like seven-year-olds who would have to then go on a cruise with the winners of this competition and like spend all this time with them and you know hang out and take photos and stuff and they were very young children um so the whole Mary Kate Nash thing was really strange and it's um absolutely no surprise to me that as soon as they had their own kind of um you know as soon as they they could dictate what they wanted and what they could do they just both stopped acting yeah cuz um i'm just looking through it here uh, just over their their history yeah um man i like obviously don't want to look into it too too closely now yeah but um, holy crap, were they in movies over and like yeah. going through their filmography, and it's just like eighty-seven to ninety-five. They were in Full House, sharing a role, and then 92, 92, 93, 93, 94, yeah. 94, 94 to 97, 95, 95 to 2000, 97, What's 97, 97. What's 95 to 2000? Is that, there's like a Mary Kate Nash series? You're invited to Mary Kate Nash, Adventures of Mary Kate Nash was uh, 94 to 97. There was one that I watched when I was younger, but I don't remember what one it was, but it was like a TV series that was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, two of a Kind, 98 to 99. Oh yeah, it might have been Two of a Kind. Yeah, that would be the one I watched, yeah. probably Two of a Kind. But it just, it just keeps going. It, yeah. And you'll see it stops when they're when they're around eighteen or when they're teenagers, and it's obviously as soon as they had their own authority over what they did. Yeah. They both just went blanket, no acting. Yeah. And they're still somewhat in the public eye because they're still doing, you know, they do fashion stuff and whatever. But yeah. they very much as from as soon as they had their own autonomy in terms of, um, you know, their financial situation. I guess they both just went no acting. Yeah. And now, obviously, um, their sister, their sister, yeah, is a great actress. <laughs> yeah, and very successful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's just it's it's just interesting because obviously, yeah, there was, a, you know, wasn't my wasn't my kettle of fish. Yeah. So I really didn't follow them outside of um, Full House. Full House. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really follow them. I, like I said, I, I watched some of the series that was on Nickelodeon, yeah. and that's about it. But I was, like, aware of the, like, powerhouse that was the Olsen Twins because I did have a close friend who was, like, just Obsessed. super into them um, and had, like, all the all the Mary Kate and Ashley do. And I would always be like, why are they in so many, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because their parents are making bank. Yeah. Because so were they... Like I said, I didn't want to go into it then, but like off the top of your head, do you know if it was a very similar case to the um, Williams sisters? Is that what you're thinking? No, what were you gonna um, say? Macaulay Culkin. Oh, um, I'm not sure. Because I know for a fact, reading through some of his stuff and following his now career outside of you know yeah. being you know in a in a very horrible childhood. Yeah. Um, because he sued his parents, eh? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty That's sure. Not, not shocking to me. Because they were, they basically stole all his money. If I remember correctly. Um, that sounds like a Britney Spears situation as well. Oh, that, that could be an entire podcast. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the Olsen twins, you know, there was a possibility of them going down a Britney Spears route, and, yeah. and thankfully they haven't. Um, but I think it's very, very. I think it's very obvious from the fact that as soon as they had a decision, they stopped acting. That acting wasn't what they wanted to do. Yeah. 
Um, and I know, like, I've seen... There was, like, interviews with them when they were kids, and they just don't understand things. Like, they didn't have a normal childhood by a long... Yeah. You know, and it would be, you know... They'd be asked about their hobbies or something, and they just... They're like, what do you what do you mean? This is what we do, you know? Yeah, that kind of abuse, it reminds me of, um... Like, do you know Young... It was uh, Young Hercules? Uh, no, of it. Okay, so there was a, a boy whose father was a like uh, professional trainer mm-hmm. and he basically had no childhood and was eating nothing but protein powder and working out constantly and he starred in a couple of movies. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but he had a he had a um, he had a moment like that when when he was taken away from his father. Um, and he was served pizza for the first time right. and had no idea how to eat it because, you know, it was the first time he'd had, like, I wouldn't say actual food because, you know, it's debatable if pizza's actual food. But <laughs> pizza is actual food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask anyone in Italy. <laughs> but, yeah, just the, the um, yeah, the, just the abuse that kids thought. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a real shame. It's a real shame, and I'm not going to get into it now because this really isn't the place, um, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, there's there's people that that can live vicariously through their children by making them want to succeed and be better than them, and that is a positive in some cases, especially when it comes to not professional sports, because we saw that in what was that um, basketball show we were watching for the movie crew? Oh my god. Um one Tree Hill? Yeah, One Tree Hill. Like, the dad trying to push the son to play basketballs because he wanted a, his son yeah. to, like, go, you know, professional where he well, missed this is, out. This is what I, that's why I thought you were comparing the Olsen twins to the Williams sisters. Because yeah, but, they were born, like, they... Yeah. Before they were born, there was a plan for them to become the best in tennis. And, I mean, I'm just looking here. They were nine months old, the Olsen twins, when they were cast in Full House. Nine months old is yeah. when they started acting. And then they had 47 direct video films. Jeez. And they released 16 albums as kids. They had multiple fashion lines. And just like a shit ton of merchandise. Um, yeah, just like really strange. Yeah, just a really, really strange childhood. Right. And, was, they, and they didn't, it doesn't sound like they liked it at all. And on for the Britney Spears thing, um, Macaulay Culkin sued his parents for a master. Um, um, I can't pronounce that word. Emancipation. Emancipation. Thank you. And seventeen million dollars <laughs> in ninety seven when he was sixteen. Right. Because they'd just taken yeah taken all his money. Yeah. Um, it's sad. You know, there's a difference between wanting your children to succeed and pushing them and, you know, making sure that they get, you know, do things extra outside to boost them up. Yeah. You know, um, I remember when I was at primary school and one of my best friends in primary school was uh, a kid named Jong Ho and he was from South Korea mm-hmm. and he was doing like college level maths mm-hmm. when we were in primary school mm-hmm. and like literally he... Try like because I used to spend time with them after school every day. Yeah. Uh, especially when my uh, my mum was working and she wasn't home. Yeah. Um. 
so I'd get home and what, and she wouldn't be there, so I'd end up going to John Ho's house, um, which was only like a block and a half away, or, you know, it was all pre-planned, whatever. Um, he was doing like fifth form maths. Yeah. And he tried to explain it to me once, like what he was doing, because he had to, like literally he spent an hour doing maths when we got to his home. Right. So I was just like playing with his expensive toys and stuff. Yeah. And, like, literally one time I literally asked him, like, what are you doing? And he was explaining it to me, and my brain literally blue-screened. Because I was just not <laughs> at that level yeah. yet. But was he doing it because he wanted to do it, or did his, were his parents pushing him? Parents pushing. Right. Because yeah. I had the opposite. It, when, I was, when I was a kid, that, like, I had teachers say to my parents, you know, don't push her so much. And they're like, we don't. Yeah. We literally just let her be, and she is pushing herself. But that's, you know, me, that's like a perfectionism thing, which I've had to deal with in some way as an adult. You know, I've had to really focus on not, because when you have that level of perfectionism, you are very hard on yourself. And I think then with these kind of situations where that pressure is coming externally, you're going to be really hard on yourself and also other people are going to be really hard on you. It's Um, also the fact that... um it's one of those running tropes that they now use in movies, but it's very true. Um, uh, Turning Red was a perfect example, is um, when people move to other countries, they try and be the best they can be because they're strangers in a strange land and yeah. need to succeed and need to stand up um, higher than everybody else just to be equal. Yeah, and it's like you hear that about um, you know minorities or even women who aren't minorities that yeah. you know you you get told you need to work four times as hard to be seen to be doing the same level as you know generic white men. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think I think a lot of um, well, I knew I knew Zealand as a person who's voted for two female um, party leads. Um, mm-hmm. The I think New Zealand's very progressive. Um, you know, uh, Kate Shepherd's on our money. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was standing up for women's rights back in the day when women didn't have that many rights? Yeah, she'd be the equivalent of Countess Markievicz maybe in Ireland yeah. for Irish people. But you know, and I and I understand how. You know, the, I was I didn't grow up in a household or a hopefully a time where, you know, women were seen as lesser. Mm. You know, I remember finding, I think the first time I ever voted, I voted for Helen Clark. Well, not yeah. directly, but, you know, directly. Yeah, I remember um, for, I think it was Mary McAleese, who was, who was the second Irish president, second Irish female president, yeah. um, helping my, my mom's friend uh, with uh, campaign posters for her. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, that's a memory that's in my brain somewhere from like 97 maybe or maybe six years old man we have like completely rambled off track we are oh, no, yeah. we're not even near we're not even talking <laughs> about the movies anymore <laughs> woman's suffrage um, yeah see so when we get back to the movies <laughs> yeah um no just just to just to tidy tidy that up on a bow it's it's really sad watching children be abused by their parents for monetary yeah. gain and the movie kind of touches well it takes two kind of touches on that when, so I'm going to, you know, jump forward a little bit in the movie mm-hmm. here, where, you know, the, the plans come together and they're trying to get um, Steve Gutenberg and uh, Christy Alley together 
and then she basically gets kidnapped by social services because the yeah. adoption papers have gone through um, and she gets whisked off to the, the butt kisser's house. Yeah. And they rename her to fit their naming scheme. Yeah, they, butt kiss. Because they all have B's in their name and it's not, she's like not the right Ashley sister. Yeah, she's so the fancy, expensive one. Yeah, they've accidentally named the, the wrong Ashley sister. Yeah, they're not the discount. Wrong Ashley sister, wrong Olsen sister. Wrong Olsen sister. <laughs> they've taken Ashley. Yeah, they've taken Ashley. Um, Alyssa. And yeah, and then she ends up like, you know, in a scrapyard. Mm. And like, seriously, the, the red flags that come up, like, just instantly, the red, like, because you're seeing it from her point of view, like the the down the down focused camera and stuff when she first meets them and yeah. how physically aggressive they are, and it's like one of those things I think you talked about to me just offhandedly, or I think it was you. What was it? Um, <laughs> giving children at a young age the idea of consent. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was um, my my. Mom was talking about my uh, my uncle and his his kid. Yeah. Um, and how they've kind of explained to him, um, from a very young age, you know, your body autonomy. Your, yeah, yeah, your body is yours. If you want to hug someone, hug you can hug them. But if someone asks you, can they hug you, and you don't want to, you can say no. Yeah. And I, I mean, my parents were like that with me to an extent when I was a kid, but I think also. I just was very much a no, no touchy, no huggy child, so they didn't really need to tell me because I that was my my default setting was please don't touch me. Um. Did your <laughs> mummy get calls from the kindergarten because you're biting other children, Lisa? No, no, Were you no. on bite at Lisa? No, I do think I scared my mum though one time when um, there was like a person, like social services person, checking up on Connor when he was very small. Um, it was just like a routine, like, how's he doing, whatever, and he was like this little plump, pink, baby, you know, roundy, chubby child, all happy and excited, and I was like, pale as, like, I was like translucent and super thin and covered in bruises, and when the, when the lady tried to come near me, I flinched away from her, and my mom was like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm gonna go to jail now. <laughs> but it, it was entirely just I wasn't a touchy person and I am very pale. And as a kid, I was very skinny, not anymore. Um, and I climbed shit and I bruised easy. So it was, you know, I was just a clumsy child. Um, I used to scrape my knees all the time. You um, see, I got asked, um, I got a, f I was sick and went to a GP and I was asked about bruises. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know, I'm a kid, like... Yeah. Like, what are you But want, it's buddy? funny, because as a child, like, I know, you know, as a, as a child who was brought up, you know, in a healthy, happy household, I had no concept of that, so it, yeah. was, it didn't seem weird to me. But, it, yeah, it must be a huge red flag for social workers. Exactly. Like, there must be, there must be, when you do social work training, um, you know, taken through, like... Yeah. I don't approach a child you think is being abused. Yeah, and you've got like the you know in in my family at that point we had the you know two two boys who were not so underweight as me, um, and shots fired. <laughs> I'm being polite about it. They understand. They know. They know. Um, no, but you know, I was I was like literally I had a, a primary school teacher um, approach my parents to ask them if I was anorexic at one point. I just was a very skinny child. Uh, my brothers were not, 
Um, you know, as adults, none of us are, so that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, and they were both extroverts and both quite happy around people and cuddly and whatever, and I was like, you know, like Wednesday Adams. You're a goblin. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, so I can understand a social worker looking at this and being like, oh, this is a family that hates girls. <laughs> Uh, which is not the case. Um, I just was very skinny. Yeah. Um, back, to, <laughs> back to the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's just no explanation for, one, how they look the same, two, you know, if there was any any follow-up for uh, the butt kisses and the fact that they were yeah. literally breaking it's, several laws. It's implied, because she says, like, she's going to take... The, when, when Kirstie Alley shows up and finally finds out what they're doing... Yeah. Because she has bad feelings about them, but she's never been able to prove anything, so that's why, you know, she didn't want the child to go there. Um, but, um, yeah, she says to them that she'll be calling social services on them or whatever. And then she flies off in a helicopter to stop a wedding. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> the um, the love interest in uh, It Takes Two was played by the same actor that played Carol in Friends, which yeah. I brought up to you when we were watching the movie, and then we could go into an entire spiel about how terrible Friends is, but yeah, just... No, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, 2020, um, 2020, looking back at Friends, it's a bit... Oh, no. I just oh, hate no. Ross. I just hate Ross. But he's the largest of all the Friends. <laughs> Why does he not eat the other <laughs> Now, if you cut Ross out of the show, it would be a better show. Just get rid of Ross. By Ross, he, we, we don't need him. He's a terrible person. But it's it's not only that he's a terrible person, it's that he's a terrible person and the show wants you to, like, root for him. I don't. I don't root for him. Ross is the worst person in that show. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. And then Chandler. Um, and then Phoebe. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, the... Chandler's a homophobe and Phoebe was in prison and, in, yeah. like, used to hit people anyway, with a lead so pipe. Stop talking about friends. Okay. We, we I'll keep, never stop. We keep rambling on this episode. Um, because yeah. there's, not, there's not much... Like, the movies are pretty much the same. They're, you know... <laughs> the movies are identical. Yeah. Um, not really. But they do, uh, which you've just touched on, they both have, a, like, an evil fiancé that's yeah. just kind of sprung on the kids. Um, so in It Takes Two, it's when... It's right near the beginning of the movie when Alyssa, who's the actual child of the dad of Steve Gutenberg's character, um, you know, arrives back after being a concert pianist as a nine-year-old, which I don't understand, but, you know, okay, she's off doing concert, you know, piano concerts abroad without her father. Yeah. Um, when she arrives back, there's this woman, and he's, like, introduced as a friend, and then you find out later on that they're, they're engaged. engaged. Um, and in Parent Trap, the same thing happens, but it's when um, Annie, who's pretending to be Hallie, goes to Hallie's home after they switch at the summer camp and then she's introduced to this publicist and he's again introduced as a friend and then she finds out that they're engaged but in that case it's complicated because she's then like you know this isn't even my family <laughs> the thing that i found interesting about that is yeah when you touched on the fact that she's supposed to be his publicist yeah she's a terrible publicist yes yes she's like turning down charity gigs and stuff on the phone because she's like so she's selfish and shitty that's a real gold digging moment because yeah. one she's 
literally like turning away clients for him, which would be, you know, you know, he seems like a um, a good person. Yeah, his yeah. Character anyway. Yeah, um, but because it's charity, there's no money in it for him, so she's like, bye, yeah. no thanks. It's it's interesting because I guess it probably happens in in real life. Mm. Uh, where you get, you know, single men who are successful and then a woman who's, you know, sniffing around to, for some for some dollars, you know, then yeah, and starts he's got, manipulating, yeah. you know, their and grooming their lives from the inside and then, yeah. you know. And he's got, he's got an 11-year-old kid yeah. and she's 26 years old. Yeah. Because, you know, how... Oh, yeah, because she, she does the maths on him. Yeah, like, yeah, she's like... And she she does it a bunch, which I think it's so funny because I mean in both films they get the the switched twin to um, you know try to get rid of evil stepmom yeah. while the other one is off elsewhere, um, and it's one of the ways she does it is she's like you know when he says, you know that they're in a relationship where you know she's she's like but oh no it was she knows she's at this point she knows that they're in a relationship but he hasn't said it to her yet. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, what age are you? What age are you? And she's like, oh, 26. She's like, oh, you're only 15 years older than me. And, and then later on when um, the dad is like, you know, we want to make her part of the family. She's like, I think that's fantastic. You're going to adopt her. I've always wanted a big sister. And he's like, no. And, then <laughs> and it's like, and then he's like, no, I want to marry you. And he's like, but she's, you know, she's young enough to be my big sister. Why would you marry her? Um... And it's, you know, but it's very much like, uh, you know, it's very intentional from yeah. from Annie's point of view that she's, you know, she cops what's going on the yeah. whole time. And, and, it, and it's true because, you know, there's there's a running meme that I see quite a lot and it's the, um, you know, I'm going to go stay at a friend's house, use protection. Mom, I'm 15. Yeah, and I'm 30. And then you <laughs> see the kid's glass break in the head like, oh, shit. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, wait a second, how does that work? Yeah. Um, but it's funny, because this reminds me of one of the bits of trivia that I took down, which was that um, uh, he married, Dennis Quaid in real life, married his fourth wife when she was 26 years old. Um, and uh, Elaine Hendricks, who played his fiance in The Parent Trap, tweeted at him saying, you better watch out for those twins. Which <laughs> <laughs> is funny. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, the, comparing the dads for a second, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because there's a lot more, I think, in a parent trap, the couples work better, they're more, you know, uh, uh, despite the fact that they've got, like, butlers eat, well, um, he has a she is a butler and he is like a housekeeper, housekeeper who's like a nanny slash housekeeper yeah. who end up getting together, which is a cute little. Oh, yeah, yeah, which, the, the butlers get together. Yeah, yeah. I also like the that, help. Yeah, yeah, I like that in both films. The uh, the help, as you just described them, um, know the kids better than the parents do. Yeah. Because um, you have like uh, Annie with her butler have like a secret handshake they do together and. Um, you know, oh, just, Jenny, Jenny, yeah. Jessie is the, the maid slash nanny, whatever she is, housekeeper. Yeah. Um, she's the one who cops on that that's not actually Hallie. Yeah. Um, and then in It Takes Two, you have the, the butler, uh, what's his name, Lorenzo, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, 
Lurch. <laughs> Lurch, yeah, she just call him Lurch at one point. Um, he, he is the one who spends more time with yeah with um, Alyssa and you know because her dad is like he even says at one point her dad's like I literally we never get to see each other I let's spend some time together and get to know each other again yeah. because I don't know you, um, which is good that he recognizes that. But the point that I was getting at is the the family in a parent trap mm-hmm. are a lot more involved and a lot more parenty. Yes. Um, obviously, Kirsty Alley's character is just her caseworker or you know yeah. whatever she works for the orphanage that um, yeah that uh, New York Olson Amanda that, yeah Mary uh, Kate yeah I'm I'm not gonna remember it um, <laughs> I refuse at this point in the podcast. Um, this point in life, I refuse to know. The, yeah, just their togetherness, like, obviously, you know, sparks fly, love at first sight, blah, 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 you yeah. know, fun little food fight, and then jumping in the lake and stuff like that. It's all, yeah. it's all fun and games, but, yeah, like, I don't know, just for me, I think the actual parents in a parent trap are a lot more parenty and then better people mm. like well i think kirstie Alley's character is a good person yeah it's just but i also think that at the end of that movie uh you know she gate crashes his wedding and he's like i can't marry you i'm in love with someone else it's like you met her yesterday yeah uh how are you, how are you in love with her um makes no sense but um yeah in parent trap obviously there's history yeah. Because they were together for at least nine months. Um, they were married and divorced, I believe. You know, because they talk about their wedding night and stuff. Or, the you know, the the wine that they drank at their wedding. Yeah. Um, we see snippets of it, that, you know, the day they met on the QE2 and the yeah. bits of their wedding. And That's stuff. a huge ship, by the way. Yeah, 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 I know. I, I saw it leave Wellington uh, once and it was, like, bigger than Symes Island. And I was just yeah. like... Funnily well, enough, I, I, I had a friend who had been on the QE2 a couple of times when I was a kid. Uh, and it's the same friend who had all the Olsen twin movies on VHS. It's all related. <laughs> Speaking of it's all related, do you want to know something else? Um, no, neither. The IMDb trivia for both of these films is largely just like, this role also considered these people for it or whatever. But the one that I thought was interesting was um, that the number one person they wanted to play the, the both roles in It Takes Two was Mara Wilson. Um, but she was busy filming Matilda at the time. Oh, okay. Because they had seen her in Mrs. Doubtfire and Miracle on 34th Street, and they were like, we really wanted to get her. Um, but what was funny then was that Mara Wilson auditioned to play the twins in The Parent Trap, and they turned her down because they didn't think she was old enough to play the parts. And yet three years earlier, another studio had wanted her to do Interesting. <laughs> same thing but it makes sense I guess that they're nine year olds and she would have been even younger than that I think at that time yeah um and then you know but was, yeah they thought she was too young and that's uh but they also yeah there was a whole lot of actresses who tried out for leads in both films a whole lot of people considered for like the parents and for you know all the roles so, but I just thought it was funny that Mara Wilson was like the number one person they wanted to get for one of them and then she auditioned for the other and didn't get it <laughs> I will say we've been all over the place in this episode. Yeah, um but, fine. but you know, that is you know, that is part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these movies are so similar, you know, you could dig into the details, but in reality, you know Yeah. There's there's not much other than the, the things that I've brought up and you've brought up, um that's 
pretty much the standout parts to me is just the weirdness in the movies rather than the actual movies themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of bits in both of them, like... Um, both of getting, both the dads getting cuts on their heads. Yeah, I thought that, and both of them having first aid applied by the... And, you know, they both get cuts on their heads while, you know, paying more attention to the woman that yeah. they're not supposed to be getting married to. Yeah. And then they both have the first aid performed by that woman. And, yeah. you know, there's, like, weird... There's just, like, a weird... Horses in both of them. Horses in both of them. Yeah. There is um both of them have like a deadline, but there's like in one of them it's two weeks to the wedding, and the other it's one month to the wedding, and they yeah. bring it up to like tomorrow, yeah. which is stupid. Because how how especially when they're like all the amount of guests they oh, have like, and the a... big church in New York, and she brings pulls the wedding forward by a month. It's like let's have it tomorrow, and they have all these guests. Just the 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 both of them. Yeah. Um, both of them, the the fiancés and both of the movies are just terrible people, and I, you know, yeah. and it's that's you know part of you know the the writing is to make the audience not like them. Yeah. But still, it's just yeah. The, yeah, they're very much the like evil stepmom role yeah. before they even become gold digging, like self important. The um, Meredith in Parent Trap, I feel like, is a more well rounded character. We get to see a bit more of who she is and yeah. you know what she's interested in and stuff. Um, but she's still obviously evil, evil. They compare her to Cruella de Vil in it. Yeah, they literally call her to her face. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, it's in- interesting that they're... Because who is it in It Takes Two? Is the character's name? I'm just, uh, the only thing I can remember was Carol from... Uh, Miss Kensington. They refer to her as Miss Kensington, but yeah. I've forgotten her first name. She comes off as, like, literally evil. Yeah, she's like a cartoon villain. Yeah. <laughs> she's very very cartoony it's yeah it's just, and both of them treat the staff like shit yeah um to the point that I think in Parent Trap she gets like a little bell to yeah, ring yeah, to she, call Jesse. literally does yeah even though like they, the rest of them treat Jesse as family yeah and she's like oh no no you don't talk you ring the bell when she comes out and then in It Takes Two she's just really shitty to all of the to the butler and to all of the house staff she's like you know doesn't treat them as people yeah because she um Ken's, uh, she's got literally plans yeah. to get rid of the house, to like... Get know. rid of the girl. They both have plans to get rid of the girl. Yeah, that's true. They're going to send them away. Both both movies are sending them away to boarding school forever. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just... I, yeah, one of, my, one of the last notes I took watching... So we watched It Takes Two first and then Parent Trap. One of the last notes I took watching Parent Trap was just um, people with kids shouldn't date or marry people who hate kids. Yeah. Because that's not going to work out. If you if you are a single parent, and you're looking, you know, you're looking for love, you're dating, you're looking at marrying someone. Don't marry someone who clearly, absolutely hates children. Don't take any advice from us. We're not professionals. That's we have true. no qualifications <laughs> to I mean, to we, justify anything. Including that, we have no children and no yeah, plans for it. So yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing. You know, we can't tell you what to do. But it just seems like logic to me. If you have, if you are a single parent. Why would you be interested in dating someone who treats your kid like shit? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you be interested in marrying someone who's like whose also, plans are as soon as you get married they're gonna send your kid off to boarding? Not school. to mention the fact that you're just like dumping it on them. Like, this is the thing. Like, um, yeah. In both, they they don't let the kids get to know them very well. Yeah, and it's also the fact that like the marriages are really quick. Yeah. Which is to me a massive red flag. Mm. Um, you say that, but you were like, when we started dating, like within a month, you were like, we should get married. Yeah. 
Why is it going to be funny to turn up to your brother's wedding and we'd be married before? <laughs> no, no, it's terrible. Um, well, yeah, no, definitely, it's very, it's very, very quick. Because in both of them, they've only known them for a couple of months or something, and then they're planning to marry them. Yeah. Um, very shortly. So it's, I think both both relationships are less than six months between here's, instigation here's and marriage. Here's a difference, um, just to defend myself before um, <laughs> your mother contacts me. Um and also Floyd contacts me. Um, <laughs> we Neither of us have kids. And also one of us is not a businessman or woman who's got millions and millions of dollars. And yeah. the other one's not way younger. Like, you're younger than me, but you're not like... I'm not like 26 years younger than you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, you're not trying to steal... I'm not trying to steal your money and you're not trying to steal my no. money. So there is... So a, at the time, I didn't have residency. So you... Arguably, it could have been Yeah, we, we did make that joke that <laughs> I was using you to get a home loan and I mean, you were using me to get a, a visa. Uh, a visa. <laughs> um, that was a joke that I made multiple times to mm-hmm. at, at you rather than to you. Um, but yeah, no, th- there is a huge difference between, you know, genuinely falling in love with somebody and wanting to spend the rest of your life with them versus someone you meet who's, you know, young and fun and, you know, you're wealthy so you can, you know, you don't have to worry about money and, you know, they're, they're probably, you know, as, as young women do to older men, probably giving them, you know, some treatment that they haven't had for a long time. Yeah, yeah she says. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, how you get into, you know, that kind of, space mm-hmm. i mean it happens all the time yeah but it's just it's just the um yeah not having climatize them to your daughter yeah because you imagine hypothetically right in the situation where you know they haven't met their identical twin they don't switch places they don't come up with this plan yeah and it turns out you know both sides we're just taking you know the the one side out for now and just focusing on the both the fathers um quaid and and gutenberg mm-hmm. You imagine in this situation where there wasn't, you know, hijinks happening yeah. to break up their marriages or another woman to they can insert into, yeah, yeah. you know, who's really the real love of their life. You have younger women marrying their fathers who are literally manipulating their rest of their lives and yeah. going to make sure that they're the only woman in your in your father's life yeah. by literally shipping you off. Yeah. That's fucking evil. Like, I mean, I feel like, oh, I don't know how it would have worked in the It Takes Two, because that could have, that could be exactly how it went. But in Parent Trap, um, she eventually reveals to them that her plan is to send the kid off to boarding school. And yeah, because she basically has like a Saturday morning cartoon evil villain monologue. Yeah, monologue, yeah, and then she you know. says, it's me or them, take your pick, and he's like, I'm my fucking daughter. Yeah, like, he's just not, he doesn't even hesitate, she's like, them. Yeah. This is easy. Um, and I feel like that's still how it would have gone without all the hijinks. Maybe. If, I think if I, she had been like, waited till after they got married, like, oh, let's send her away, he'd be like, no. I did like the part where they actually go camping and they just torture the shit out of her. That was great. Yeah, where funny. she's like, tired, sits down, so she just puts rocks in her bag to yeah, make, yeah, her bag make it heavy. heavier. And then like, sticking a lizard on her was fantastic. And then like, Oh, you know, what are we having? Well, we're having trout for dinner. What are we having for breakfast? And they all say trout. Like, yeah. that was funny. Like, that was like, you know, fathers and daughters, even though one daughter's been separated for her entire life, you know, they are the 
I wouldn't say same person, but you know, they are very similar. Yeah. Um, but I think we've ram- rambled enough. Yeah. Um, I, do you, any more trivia you want to split um, through? There's not, I kind of went through most of the trivia I had. One of the things that I thought was fun was, um, that the actress who played the wicked girlfriend in the 1960s version of Paratrip, uh, Joanna Barnes, the, um, the girlfriend in that, her name was Vicky. Yeah. Um, so she's in this version of Paratrap, and she plays Meredith's mother, who introduces herself as Vicky. Oh, so there's like a, almost a tie-in there that it's, you know, maybe this is the same universe and she no. is the evil. <laughs> this is how her life has gone afterwards. But um, yeah, I thought it's, it's, it's a cute little cameo that they have the person who played the evil, the evil fiancé in that movie play the evil fiancé's mother in this one. Um... So I just thought that was kind of funny. Do you want to go over the uh, critic? This, I was going to say critic score because that's more funny. The, oh, the <laughs> the um, yeah. So we always look at. So we normally talk about the IMDb ratings for films. Yeah. Um, on this, um, but we do also have record of the Rotten Tomato scores, um, and for the Parent Trap, the critic score is eighty six percent. And the audience score is seventy percent, and for it takes two, uh, audience score is sixty percent, and the critic score is eight <laughs> percent. That's not a typo, folks. That's yeah, a circular digit. I looked at it and I was like, "That can't be right." And then I went and double checked. I was like, "Oh no, apparently that's that is correct." Because your spreadsheet was just like, "Yeah." Oh, I must have mistyped it. It must be like yeah, you know, yeah. thirty-eight or forty-eight. Yeah, or yeah. It must be something eight or eighty. Maybe it's eighty percent. When I was. No, eight percent. Um, in terms of budget and box office, like I said, Parent Trap the budget was fifteen million. I could not find any record of what the budget was for uh, It Takes Two, but like I said, they were in like forty-seven direct-to-video films. But then again, this one wasn't. It, this one wasn't supposed to be a Mary Kate and Ashley film, so yeah. it might have had a higher budget. But um, but I've no idea what that budget was. I imagine. Lower than fifteen million by a long the, shot. The box office was eighteen for it takes two. Uh, apparently, total international box office was nineteen point five million. Oh, it's pretty close. Yeah, and yeah. the other one's ninety six. Ninety two. Ninety two. <laughs> yeah, I knew so I had a ninety in it. A little bit of a difference in the uh, the box office numbers there, but again, it probably was largely. I don't think it takes two. It might not have gotten a um theatrical release. Yeah, I'm not sure. Straight to DVD. Um, well, VHS. No, VHS. Then. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they did a lot of straight-to-VHS stuff. Well, I would like to thank each and every single person who has listened to our podcast over the last 12 months, and mm. I hope you continue on with us into our next year. Hopefully, you know, we get more um, ad swaps with other podcasts, maybe some guest appearances on other people's podcasts. We're pretty happy not having people on our podcast because it kind of ruins yeah. the whole dynamic um, of it takes two. We will say we have we have discussed it. And if any of you are listening, I'm going to name your names now. If any of these three people are listening, please get in contact. We'll oh, yeah. These, these three. These three people are our only guests. Elijah Wood, Nicholas Cage. Carl Urban. Yeah. If any of you are listening, just tweet at us. <laughs> just you know, tweet at fine. us. Just you know, you can send us an email, whatever. Um, we can fly out to you. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll clear our schedules for you. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod or Facebook at it takes two pod, and our website is it takes two dot co dot nz. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.
Hello, this is Still Any Good, the podcast where we run the risk of ruining our childhoods by revisiting fondly remembered films. Have you ever wondered if the movies you enjoyed as a child have passed the test of time? Are they disappointingly awful or are they still any good? We've looked at Superman, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Big Trouble in Little China, Face Off, Trading Places, Police Academy 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Bugsy Malone, Escape to Victory, Look Who's Talking, The Man with Two Brains, Kindergarten Cop, Short Circuit, Home Alone, Smokey and the Bandit, Tango and Cash. So are these films still any good? Join me, Robert Johnson, in my cosy living room. And me, Christopher Webb, in my garage. And find out for yourselves. (laughs) It's a lovely garage.